what I call the heart-centered, inspired, inspiring leadership. That's the next logical step. We're not like 10 years uh, away from that. That's, that's present, that's coming. Some leaders are trying to, and uh, trying and beginning to realize that they have to go back to their heart and so to their soul and lead from this part of them. How many friends have you got who are miserable in their corporate careers, while deep in their heart they feel like artists? Check out the first part of this conversation with Estelle, who's so openly sharing about how she left her career in ecological business that looked so cool on the outside, but then after several rounds of burnout, rediscovered her long-forgotten passion for big stage, writing and singing. I'm wondering about the power of motherhood on this journey. You're a mom, you have a daughter, and these kind of life experiences are obviously taking all our inner challenges to the next level. So I'm wondering what was the role of your motherhood in in this journey that you've been through these past years? And also, what are you actually, how are you going about making sure that you don't create the stories in the life of your daughter because sometimes you know when we're super conscious we try to help them so much that it can you know swing to the other extreme by again just projecting just a different quality of expectations on the kids although they may be coming from a more conscious space but it's still just projecting right so i'm wondering talk to us about your parenting journey yeah well, the first thing I would say that for me, becoming a mother was a path to unconditional love, really. Um, through all the um, practices I embodied while being pregnant, um, I, I learned to listen to my body, uh, even though it was not enough, but it was a first step. And, and then when my daughter was born, I was just like, I want to love anyone on earth just like I'm loving her because it was so powerful. I can't explain it. It's of course beyond words. Uh, it was unconditional love and it is, and it still is. And I want it to be like that, like forever. And, and really I, it's not a pressure I put on, the, uh, on myself, but it's a wish I have for myself to be able to look at anyone in the world, just like I'm looking at my daughter. And that was the path to unconditional love, really, and to accept to embody it on stage. When I go on stage, I'm loving anyone in the audience, just like, just like they were part of my soul or, uh, or my, yeah, they are part of my soul, otherwise they, they wouldn't be here. But really that was this door, this gateway that she opened into my heart. And, um, and I'm so grateful for that. And, um, and you mentioned that as parents, we could project on our, our, ch our children. And I think it's a, it's a great risk. For me, if one of us is a teacher, she is a teacher. She's so much closer to her soul and so much more connected to herself that the, the only thing that I have to do is to, to, to base her into love, into 
into unconditional love. That's all I have to do. And that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, it's not saying that uh, I don't say no or, uh, or, or anything to her because sometimes it's for her own safety. But in our relationship, I just consider that she knows everything she needs to know. And she will just, like I did, remember into this life experience, what she has to remember and what she what is true for her. And if I'm not projecting on her some wishes or dreams or aspirations or spiritual or material or emotional or of any kind, if I'm not projecting and if I'm just letting her grow, she will find her way. She will. And uh, and as as little as three months or six months, I could already feel her personality, I could feel what she was drawn to and what she wasn't drawn to. And as a child, she, she would say yes or no, and it's clear for her. And if I'm not here saying, are you sure? Are you? That's clear for them. And so the hardest part for us is to step back and is to accept that as parents, we don't have so much work to do. But as we have been trained to, to to things that we have to learn others, to teach others, to even to inspire others. We think that we have to do something. No, we have to be. To be, to be present is enough. I'm wondering what is the next level of this conversation for the corporates? Because uh, you've spoken about how unaligned, obviously, the cultures often are. When people don't resonate, the staff don't resonate with the values that the organizations live. And through the transformations that many people go, they tend to leave the corporate career simply to live a more heartfelt and aligned life. I'm wondering what is your thoughts on how this transformation, this revolution, whatever you call it, can be brought into the corporate spaces because it's definitely not a solution to let the talent go and everybody set up your own businesses. For some organizations, we just need them. Like the public sector that I'm a part of for so many years, we just have to make sure that the organizations transform into organisms that are welcoming and can allow the best talents out there flourish and feel joyful and happy and aligned. How do you feel this kind of thinking can be brought into these massive organizations at this stage? Yeah, your question is, is very interesting and perfect. Um, I feel lucky now because um, ha having had this burnt out in, into focusing on music, I listened back to my heart and I realized that I had to also honor my business part. And as you say, it's not a solution for us uh, to leave the corporate world or the organizational world. Um, it's sometimes something we need at a special point in our life. But I think that one of the gifts that we as a collective are going to do is that we are going to shift and then come back little by little into these organizations, into this company, mm -hmm. not always as employees, but we will come back because, because they need us to bring something new. And if we all go away, um, nothing will change, okay? And, um, and so now I feel lucky to have embodied these two parts of myself, this business consultant and this artist. Um, I really think that I needed to have this balance. And, and so as a business consultant, what, what I see now, is that there is two kind of energies uh, that you can work on to help these companies and organizations change from within. 
first, of course, is um, what you can do just inside yourself, becoming the leader of yourself, of your life, of what I call your vibration, um, meaning your state of being, being aware of what you vibrate, what you feel, what you think, and how you act in order to change just around you, just, just your everyday actions, your everyday life, and, and, and so work environment too. So for me, that's the first level um, on which every one of us can act. We are all leaders of our own lives. And when we embody this truth, then our environment is changing and people around you are changing because you're not the same and they are a mirror, a reflection of who you are. So for me, that the easiest part of the, of the way and that's so marvelous because you are going to discover so many things on yourself doing this inner work. So that's the first part. Um, and so you can do that still being in a company, even if you're not fulfilled anymore uh, or, or not totally fulfilled. You can do that wherever you are. And I really encourage anyone to, to do it because once again, even if you leave, you will bring yourself with you. So you better uh, start now just being the one you want to be. Um, so that's the first part. And the other part that is more um, collective and global uh, is to, of course, realize that business leaders, uh, but also politicians, uh, leaders have to change too. Um, it's very hard when you try to change from the bottom to the up, to up. It's possible, but it's hard and you feel lonely. Um, for me, something very efficient, productive that will um, arise soon is leaders becoming to realize that they want to embody another kind of leadership, what I call the heart-centered, inspired, inspiring leadership. That's the next logical step. We are not like 10 years uh, away from that. That's, that's present, that's coming. Some leaders are trying to, uh, trying and beginning to realize that they have to go back to their heart and so to their soul and lead from this part of them. And even for them, because they, they, they also under pressure um, so even, even for them, sorry, it's a gift to realize it and to change the way they are working and they are managing and they are inspiring and leading. And, and then when a leader does that, then the inspiration and, um, and meaning and purpose just reigns uh, on, the, on the company, on the organization, and everything shifts even faster. So... I would say that there is two energies, the, the, the leader's one and the uh, self, uh, um, uh, self one. And so for me, both are important and, uh, and, and really I'm happy to, to come back to, 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 the, to, to the corporate world, uh, having this new understanding of how we, we functionate and operate as, uh, as souls, as minds and as bodies and how we can integrate all that into our work environment. Uh, you shouldn't be um, a very soulful person at home and be a very uh, disconnected person at work. You can't live like that. It can't stay like that for a long time. Uh, you will get disconnected too much, too far. And so we have to bring this soulful, heartfelt feelings to work, to organization, to company, and change the meaning of 
being um, charismatic, of being a leader, of being inspiring, all that doesn't come from, from force, uh, from um, uh, authority as, um, as top-down authority. It's, it comes from inspiring something, from vibrating something. Um, I've never felt the need to be um, hard on, some, on someone or, or to be mean to someone. You can be respected just being aligned and being at the right place at the right time and choosing the right words. That's the kind of leader you want to be. And it's easier, it's, uh, it's way more powerful. And sometimes you don't have to do anything. Just working on your vibration, of your, on your state of being will make you emanate something new and you will see people change around you, showing self-respect to them and to you, uh, sh showing um, un engagement, um, implication, and you won't have to do anything, but just you having changed yourself from inside will bring people to change themselves. And for me, that's the, the, the easiest way to do. Well, and that's funny. <laughs> so why not try? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Beautiful last world. Oh, and I had one more bonus question. As a speaker, talk to us about stage fright. How does failure look for you as a, as a speaker, as an artist? Do you, are you scared of blackouts? Are you scared yeah. of throwing a show and nobody showing up? We've all had those, you know, massive failures in our public speaking careers. Uh, give us some wisdom around public speaking and failure. If you're curious to explore more about the concept of failure, public speaking, embracing your voice, and obviously preparing properly from a perspective of TED Talk coach, then check out the series of interviews that we did with Rose Bloomfield, who's uh, a Silicon Valley uh, Hollywood hybrid uh, turned TED Talk coach. So she's got some super valuable insights to share. I'm not really a good example about all of that because I don't have this kind of, of fright, you know? And so I told you that sometimes you have to experience things to be able to share and teach. For me, when I'm on stage, it's not about me anymore. So I, I consider that anything that can happen in this present moment is the right thing that needs to happen, not for me, but also for the audience. So if I forget my text, um, if I, fail or do anything that might seem wrong, for me, it will inspire people to dare and do. So that's okay. Um, once I'm on stage, it's not about me anymore. So I don't have any, any fear. I, I just trust and I know and I can feel that I'm supported by bigger than me. And so mm -hmm. at, this, at this point, anything that is happening is right and is okay. And... Um, I'm learning to bring that into my singing part, you know, because I don't have any issue talking on stage, uh, but singing on stage was a very big step to, to, to take for me. And, um, and so, well, that was a personal challenge to, uh, to overcome. And so um, I had to learn and to bring this wisdom into my singing part and, and realize once again, that if I have a false note or uh, if I'm not on rhythm for any kind of reason, um, that's okay too, 
because me showing on stage, singing, even though I'm not thinking that I'm a master at singing, is also is already something that can inspire people to to dare and try. So, um, so well, yeah. My only advice was just would be to defocus from yourself. D don't think that you're on stage for your text, for your message, or you're on stage for your vibration. That's for me. That's the biggest truth you can realize. It's already done. It's already done. All your vibration has made you arrive at this point on stage. And so you just have to, to surrender, to surrender. And if you forgot a word or anything, most of the time people won't realize it. So you will be the only one to know it, you and your um, uh, stage dire dire director. So first uh, we have to realize that most of the time we are hard on ourselves, but other people just don't know what we are talking about. You know, sometimes I'm singing and I'm just like, oh, this not was not right. And people just say, I I'm not learning what, I'm not hearing what you hear. So when you, when you become professional at something or when you acquire more and more expertise, you, be you become harder on yourself and you, you tend to forget that other people haven't this level of expertise. So they, they won't realize what you're talking about. So first you can just, Yes, be easy, be easy, because most people will just be totally okay with what you are doing. But if by any chance you you would so um, publicly fail <laughs> that uh, your audience will realize that you are lost or confused or that what you say is not doing uh, making any sense, that's a gift you're making to them because one or two people in the audience will just say to themselves, she's, she's doing it even though it's not perfect. And if they know me, they will know that I'm a perfectionist. So it will be even more powerful for them to realize that done, we know it, done is better than perfect. And so you might inspire people to, 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 to take the stage too. And that's what I did with my first show. Um, well, I know now three people that decided to go on stage too after that. That's, for me, that was wonderful. And that was just way above what I had expected. So be yourself, be yourself, love yourself, dare to, to try and fail. You will inspire others. And we're just here to, to live and enjoy and play. We shouldn't think that it's serious. You know, sometimes I like to, Mm, I, I did that before the show too, to, to de-zoom, you know, from where you are to, to earth and to feeling just as if you were on a star. And just remember that from a star perspective, there is just this massive earth and nobody is seeing you. And, and what you are living at this moment in time is just quite nothing. Let's say it. Quite nothing, you know. Sometimes and, we're too significant our, uh, about ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and and we should be when we are trying to reconnect to ourselves because yeah. sometimes we really forget to to reconnect to ourselves. But then to de zoom and to remember that the Earth is spinning in its, in its orbit and it won't stop because I fell on stage. Um, everything is okay, Beautiful. and and I won't die. And and the worst thing I can live is an emotion. The worst thing I can live is feeling shameful. And I think that I can live with that. 
maybe one, well, even not one week, maybe I will feel bad one hour and then I will meditate and then I will read one of the inspiring book I love. And, and I know that I will be lucky enough to discover something about myself, feeling, feel inspired and, and see that this shameful experience was a gift once again, because it's always is. So yeah. let's it's funny how it keeps on coming <laughs> the same concepts. I did an interview uh, recently now with Sophia, a sports coach who, who shared about courage and embracing the shamelessness, becoming shameless in how brave we are in pursuing our message. And so I feel that your talk today was also so powerful in, in inviting us to embrace that unconditional love and, and bravery in pursuing the inner calling of our soul. So thank you so much for that and, and all the best on your journey. Thank you. Sorry, I was in French. Merci. <laughs> Merci. So are you looking differently at failure now? I feel it's been a beautiful series of conversations where we went through art, sports, pregnancy, parenting, public speaking, all kinds of situations that life teaches us to embrace a success or failure. Check out all the links in the descriptions to the other parts of this series. I'll be looking forward to your comments and likes and share it with whoever in your surroundings might be, might be tortured a little bit by the mainstream perception of success. This might be a little bit of a liberation for them. And obviously click on the subscribe and follow buttons depending on where you're listening to this, either Lucia Kleštincova on YouTube or Lights on Europe on all podcast channels. I'll be looking forward to our interaction next time there's another series coming up.